This is a Hog Sports Network podcast. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. I am not Ethan Westerman. He is away with a flat tire. I am Anthony Christensen making my podcast hosting debut in my quest to eventually take over all of Arkansas. But I am joined by the legend, Bob Holt, right right across from me, and, of course, Blake Sutton behind the scenes. Um, Bob, thank you for being here. Blake, thank you as well. Uh, How are you guys doing? I'm doing well. I slept in after I always uh, go to bed late after a late game. I think I went to bed about 3. Not like I'm doing anything crazy on Dixon Street. I'm just watching highlights (laughs) and watching the uh, SEC now roll over about the fifth straight time on on the replays on the SEC network. But I'm I'm feeling good. Blake, how are you doing back there? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, Didn't get to watch the game. My daughter, she's 2, and she's going through this phase right now where she wants me to, like, lay next to her crib until she falls asleep. And if I try to get up, she'll know and she'll say, Daddy, come back, lay down. <laughs> and uh, last night I was I was about, I thought she was all the way down and I'm standing up and then my ankle popped whenever I stood up Ooh. and she wakes up and she's like, Daddy, lay down. <laughs> so it started the whole process over again. So, <laughs> so hopefully go. it's just a phase and I don't have to do that every single night. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you actually hurt your ankle? Uh, no, it just it just popped. Like whenever oh, I, I stood up, it was like pop pop. It I just, didn't know if that was like a Dre Greenlaw moment or something. Dre unfortunately yeah, <laughs> tore his Achilles yeah. running onto the field. Not making light of that at all. Really freaky injury. But um, I, my guess is if you gave Arkansas fans the choice of laying next to a crib or watching that game last night, they might have taken the crib <laughs> option. Yeah, I, I don't think it was. Um, I don't think I really missed too much. No, I don't think you did either uh, because that uh, that game stunk. Um, <laughs> I'm not breaking any news. Obviously, the Razorbacks lost 92-63 to a very good Tennessee team, not to take anything away from the Vols. But, I mean, really, it was the only reason they didn't match the worst loss at Bud Walton Arena, which, mind you, was last month, uh, was the 32-point game against Auburn, was because of a garbage time and one from Joseph Pinion. Uh, they scored 18 second-half points before the starters were polled. Um, just... All around, really bad, particularly in the second half. First half, you know, was competitive, fun to watch, and all that. Um, but the second half was just oof. Um, but I mean, I'd be remiss to mention if you know, last time we had a podcast, you know, they've beaten Georgia since then. So maybe it's not all all negatives. They're going to finish with more SEC wins than they did um, in John Pelfrey's second season. But uh, you know, I don't know that we can really focus too much about on that just because of how bad the uh, the Tennessee game was last night. Um, so, Bob, uh, you kind of talked a lot about it after the game, but, uh, you know, obviously scheduling and everything has been tough. But, you know, I just wanted to ask you, can you just talk about, you know, did you ever see this team kind of having, you know, this rough of a stretch? And obviously they can turn it around. They've turned it around a lot, you know, in recent years, but it doesn't really look like that's – going to happen but could you, did you ever see it kind of getting this this low no no not at all I mean I'm an AP voter I had Arkansas number 10 in my poll and I wasn't like alone I think some voters had them as high as seven they were 14th in the preseason poll the coaches who presumably are smarter than the media had them 14th they were Arkansas's picked second or third behind Tennessee and maybe Kentucky or A&M 
uh, in preseason polls. Of course, South Carolina was picked 14th. Goes to show you, a lot of times preseason polls don't mean much. But no, I think everybody, uh, Blue Ribbon, who I think is probably about the best uh, publication out there if you're looking for uh, you know, preseason dope on, uh, on college teams, they had Arkansas 8th. You know, it's a very well-respected publication. And so I, Eric Musselman and his staff obviously didn't see this coming or else they wouldn't have recruited these guys mm-hmm. and put the team together the way they did. So I think you have to say with if you take expectations, which can be unpredictable with the results thus far, Arkansas has to be one of the most disappointing teams in the country. I mean, there are some other ones out there. USC's had a bad year. Michigan State's had a, had a disappointing year considering they were top five. There are some others, but – you know, Arkansas, I don't think anybody saw this coming, and um, they've got a tough close here, uh, having to play at Kentucky and at Alabama and going to Mississippi State this Saturday. And it's hard to see Arkansas avoiding playing Wednesday night in Nashville, which means they to win the tournament, the SC tournament, which I think is their only way into the NSA tournament at this point, they'd have to win five games in five days. They haven't been able to put together back-to-back SEC wins. So you never know. Arkansas won its lone SEC tournament title in 2000. With a you know a team that had Joe Johnson, you know a guy that played like 17, however many seasons in the NBA, I still wouldn't rule out a comeback from Joe. He'll come back at 50 or something. Had some other real good players like Brandon Dean, Teddy Gibson. Um, this team does not have a Joe Johnson. I can tell you that. Anybody can tell you that. And um, so it's it's hard to see Arkansas, you know, turning this thing around. I think there are a couple wins out there because they get Missouri and Vanderbilt here. Maybe they'll have a shot at LSU, but it's. It's hard to see him finishing over 500, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually texting a good buddy of mine uh, not too long ago. Shout out my friend Nate. Uh, you know, he's a real college basketball sicko, just like myself. And he was talking. He said, "I think the Arkansas Lynn Sanity runs about to come." And I just told him, "I, I don't think it is, my friend." Um, even though I've only been here for a little bit. Um, but I think one of the big things that I really noticed last night, and you know, I've only covered one other home game, uh, you know, this season. I've been to Bud Walton before this year, um, and what you kind of associate with Bud Walton Arena is just kind of the raucous atmosphere that kind of comes with it. You know, last night, particularly in the second half, it kind of you know was really flat. A lot of people were leaving. The uh, the shark themed uh, student section was kind of uh, dissipating a little bit. But can you just talk about, I guess, maybe? I guess that sense of apathy, is that something that you've kind of seen at any point in recent years? And just kind of what is that like for, for you to kind of see at this point? Well, yeah, I mean, Bud Wallen's one of the best uh, home court advantages. And you think about uh, the Duke atmosphere this year was great. You know, when Arkansas beat number one Auburn a couple of years ago, stormed the court. I'm not a big court storming guy. I'm not trying to be a grumpy old man, get <laughs> off my lawn, get off my court. But really... I think at some point we're going to get some people hurt, some players mm-hmm. or fans, um, unfortunately. But, yeah, Arkansas, I mean, Bud Walton Arena has great atmosphere, but, you know, the fans aren't, you know, there's loyalty, and I think they support their hogs through good times and bad. But, you know, you have to use common sense. It's an 8 o'clock game. It's Valentine's Day. Uh, I think if Arkansas, you know, Arkansas didn't have to be ranked in the top ten, but I think if Arkansas was having a solid year, that place wouldn't have been packed out. Mm-hmm. I've seen games where the weather was really bad, icy roads, snow. A lot of teams you think, well, they'll be lucky to get three or 4,000 people, and they've gotten 15,000, 16,000. I mean, Arkansas fans are very loyal. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're all so smart, I think. <laughs> I think they're, they're – and this team 
Uh, I think it's disappointed a lot of people. They're not fun to watch a lot of times. That was a fun first half, like you alluded to, a lot of scoring. But, um, yeah, I think Arkansas fans are as loyal as anybody, but I also mm-hmm. think they're, 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 they're not idiots. You know, mm-hmm. I think they're smart and they know their basketball, and, and uh, it's hard to come out and watch this team right now. And talking about the game itself, obviously, I think Arkansas actually defended the perimeter pretty well, which has been a huge concern, you know, throughout the season. But you you sacrifice, you know, your rim protection for the good uh, the good perimeter defense. It seems. Can you just talk about, you know, what you saw, you know, from the, you know, the that interior defense and why you kind of feel that Tennessee had so much success, kind of getting into the paint, and having so much success in there. Well, yeah, the Arkansas, you know. I can't tell you how many times I'd I'd look back at you know transcripts, post game transcripts, and we'd ask Eric Wilde the three point you know defense, and he'd say, uh, "Fill in the blank, reporter Bob, you know Anthony, whoever <laughs> asked the question, we haven't defended the three all year," and uh, that was a pretty common theme, and they they defended pretty well against Georgia, and uh, they they did a pretty good job uh, last night, but yeah, the the paint points they just got destroyed. Um, Tennessee was really getting whatever kind of shot they wanted, whether it was a clear path to the basket, whether it was a dunk, whether it was a rebound. I think they had nine dunks, and uh, Jonas Adu had a great game. He, he came in average. I mean, he's a good player. He came in averaging 11 points, I think seven boards. He had 23 and 12. Eric Musman just gushed about him, how improved mm-hmm. he is and, you know, how much better his shot is. Because, you know, he was hitting some shots, not just dunks, although, you know, and he's 11 of 14. When you have five dunks, <laughs> your shooting percentage goes up. But Tennessee was just getting inside way too easy. They were getting fouled. Um, so, yeah, the paint points, it wasn't quite as bad. I think Auburn was 48 to 18. And last night was, I think, 48 to 22. So not quite as bad, but pretty bad. I mean, Tennessee really owned the paint. That's why they shot nearly 60%. And Arkansas just really had no answer for him inside. And that was that was the the tail of the game, and Tennessee shot nine more free throws, which, you know, you know that upset Eric Musselman. He didn't, he, he wasn't going to criticize the officials. He's always careful not to do that, but, you know, directly, but he talked about how Tennessee, you know, opponents average about 22 free throws a game. Arkansas is fifth nationally, I think, with about 29 attempts. They thought they could get 30. They got 15. So he says, you know, sort of um, – not laughing like he's happy, but more frustrated is that, well, I guess we got to play better through contact because Tennessee's very physical. That was his way of basically saying, hey, we got knocked around. We didn't get the call even at home. So that, that mm-hmm. was upsetting to him. So Arkansas got beat inside really bad. And then, uh, you know, most time they get more free throws. They, they didn't get to the line very much. I, I think it was 11 to 15, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 11 yeah. to 15. They, they got to get a lot more than that to have a shot against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned Jordan Adu. I saw him hit a mid-range shot, and I was just like, I didn't even know he had that in his bag. Um, obviously, I, I did know that, but it's not like he's known for his mid-range game. Um, but, you know, just kind of talking about it, you know, when did you kind of maybe start to feel that things were maybe different this year than, than previous years? Because obviously, you know, Arkansas has kind of gone through a trend in recent years where they have a little bit of a slump, but you always know that they're going to come back. When did you maybe start to feel that maybe that wasn't going to be on the cards? Well, the first red flag was actually before they went to uh, to the Bahamas. They lost at home to North Carolina Greensboro, which is a good mid-major. Last time I looked, I think uh, UNC Greensboro was about 18-8, and eight, and, and they they lost their big guy, whose name escapes me, but he had a big game here. 
uh, hyphenated names. I think Jones Brown or Brown Jones. I'm sorry. I should know that because they won the game. And they went to the Bahamas and didn't play real well there. Had a lead over Carolina, North Carolina, but then couldn't hold on, got beat by 15. Then when they came home and beat Duke, you thought, okay, they've ride the ship, everything's going to be good. But then when they got blown out by Auburn, I mean, you know, Auburn's good. They're better than, than people thought. But when you get just, uh, you know, a beat down like that in Walton Arena, you say, wow, you know. And uh, there were just too many games where guys are saying afterwards, and I give them credit for, for honesty, is that we we need to play harder or, or we quit. You know, we need to we didn't play hard enough. I mean, no matter what your talent level is, playing hard should not be negotiable. I mean, you should always play your hardest at SEC. If you don't, you're going to get embarrassed like they have in some games. So I think that, all, you know, losing to Greensboro at home, that was bad, but getting just waylaid by Auburn – at home, you thought, wow, this is this is different. And Eric, you know, he warned us. He said things like, these guys don't have the same characteristics as my other teams in terms of grittiness and buying in on defense and, and those kinds of things. So, um, yeah, but I don't think anybody saw this coming. Yeah, no, I – obviously I'm new. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, tried, to, tried to keep up with, you know, all the college basketball landscape, but – you know, even even I was like, especially after that Duke game, that was one of the ones I was just kind of watching, just to watch. I was like, all right, they're about to turn the corner. They're about to be the Arkansas we all know, um, and obviously that has not has not been the case. Um, I do kind of want to mention, you know, I do, and can maybe kind of shout him out, L. Ellis. Um, obviously, it's not not easy to kind of go and talk to media after a game like that. And I know talking to a buddy of mine who covers Louisville, he had to do that a lot there. Um, especially in our last season, you know, with how bad Louisville was. Um, and he had to kind of take the brunt of that. So I want to shout him out, just kind of, you know, thank him for being being good to all of us media people. Um, but just kind of talking about, you know, Arkansas just kind of, you know, this season, what do you think maybe should be, I guess, the goal the rest of the season? Because like you mentioned, it doesn't look like there's – you know, a real clear path to the NCAA tournament, barring the auto bid. You know, what do you think should be, I guess, the main the main focal point of the rest of this year? This may sound real simple, but just just go out there and play your hardest, and especially on defense. You know, I talked to a former player I really respect, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said, "What do you think they they need to do?" And he said, "Guard." I mean, there's one guard. You know, play defense. In other words, and that's something that's I mean, you can talk about you don't have great height, you don't have great quickness, whatever, effort. I mean, you or I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speak for you. I, I obviously no athlete. But if I'm out there, whatever I'm doing, I can do my hardest. I can try my best. I mean, it sounds kind of simple or cliche or like your parents telling you to, how to approach the math test or whatever. But I would just like to see them give maximum effort because when you saw it against Kentucky – and they played, they lost, but they really gave Kentucky a good game. And I think fans left the arena feeling feeling better, feeling good. Uh, you know, they gave good effort at Missouri, and even though that was 91-84, that really wasn't a close game. Um, you know, A&M and Georgia, those were a very close loss or close wins at home, and they had a 12-point lead in Georgia, 
and Georgia came back and took the lead, and A&M actually came back and took the lead, being down 20. But at the end, Arkansas made the plays to win those games. And, you know, A&M may be a ter- NCAA tournament team. They're definitely talented enough. Georgia is much, much better. Mike White's a really good coach. Buzz Williams is a really good coach. So those are good wins. I'm not saying it's like, you know, beating Tennessee or Kentucky or I never thought I'd be saying this, South Carolina. But but those are good wins. So they've had some good wins. They've given good effort. I think they just need to do that on a consistent basis. And maybe they think they're playing hard, but, but they need to just play like, you know, like their lives depend on it or like if they win the game, they're going to go to the NCAA tournament. We know that's not true. But, um, you know, show some pride, you know. Um, uh, play for your future, whether that's uh, having a shot to play overseas or in the G League or getting an NBA tryout, or do you want, does this staff, Arkansas staff want you back, or does some other staff going to want you in the portal? So I think there's a lot to play for. They're kind of like, you know, NBA or NFL players who are playing for a team that's struggling, but they used to call, you know, baseball, they call it salary drive. You know, a guy trying to finish strong to set up his next contract. So you know, NIL, NIL and scholarships are now kind of contracts, I guess, as a Dartmouth players that want to <laughs> sue to be the, the National Labor Relations Board to be employees. So um, I think you want to impress, you know, your next employer, whether that's where you are or someplace else. So I, I think they still have a lot of motivation to play well, um, you know, down the stretch. And plus, the, you know, they practiced here since June or whatever. And they practice all week, so the games are supposed to be fun. So, you know, go out there and have some fun and play hard. That's simple. Go out and have fun and play hard. That's, that would be my advice. All right, we're going to cut to a quick break. When we come back, Blake's going to give us another rendition of Stump the Bob, and you're not going to want to miss that, so uh, be sure to stay with us. Get the latest breaking news on all Arkansas Razorback sports at wholehogsports.com. Our award-winning reporters and photographers go beyond game recaps to bring our subscribers the most trusted Razorbacks news anywhere. With expert analysis, the latest in recruiting, plus unique and compelling stories of your favorite teams. Subscribe today at wholehogsports.com. And we are back. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for sticking with us through a, a, a tough uh, Arkansas men's basketball season. Um, but without further ado, we've got – I hit the thing. Uh, <laughs> we've got Stump the Bob. Blake, please take it away. All right, Bob. So the standings right now, you're 0-3, but you have two side points that you picked up last week. You still got those in your pocket. Today's question is worth three points. So you could you could get back to five hundred if you get this one right, okay? Okay, I, I got Final Jeopardy right yesterday watching Jeopardy. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Okay, so Eddie Sutton, no relation to me, legendary Arkansas coach. Can you name one of Eddie Sutton's assistant coaches while he was at Arkansas? Oh yeah, it's easy. Uh, uh, Gene Cady. Ding 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 ding. I could name you got a, it. Lot, a lot of them. That, that well, was yeah, an easy keep, one. Hey, keep going. Well, he had Gene Cady and Pat Foster on his first staff. That's that's a that's a Hall of Fame staff because Eddie Sutton's a Hall of Famer. Gene Cady's a Hall of Famer. Pat Foster, who Eddie retained from Lenny Van Eman's staff, he had a, a really good run as a head coach at Lamar and Houston, and, and he was coached at Nevada. So Pat Foster is a really good coach. And then later on, he had James Dickey, who won a, a good thing. I'm, dating myself here, but Big 8 title at Texas Tech and had a Sweet 16 team. He coached Houston. You had Bill Brown. 
Um, yeah, uh, Fred Trinkle. Um, and maybe well, most of them. I picked a good one today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was one. That was one I knew. <laughs> well, that gets you to three and three. You still have those two side points. You could use one now to get to four and three. I wouldn't recommend that. Um, <laughs> you you want to keep those side points for as long as possible for when we get to the end of the season. If if you're in the negative, you can use those to to even out your score or to get positive. So okay. So we'll say you're three and three for now. I'll say my my phone a friend too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so before our next podcast, Arkansas, the men's basketball team has obviously two games at Mississippi State and at Texas A&M. Bob, you talked a little bit to Eric about you know scheduling last night and obviously how it's kind of been tough for Arkansas with obviously playing you know off the bye, you know early road game, you know et cetera, et cetera. Can you just talk about a little bit about that and maybe preview a little bit of what Arkansas has got coming up? Yeah, for the second time, I guess in three weeks, Arkansas has a late midweek game. And then has to go on the road. A couple weeks ago, they played at Missouri in the eight o'clock game. One, you know, one of their better games. Of course, you have to take out the grain of salt as Mizzou grads. We have to admit that <laughs> Missouri basketball is not good this year. That's one thing, Arkansas fans out there. You could be Missouri. You could be worse. But we know academics are are the priority at Missouri. We're not a football or basketball factory. <laughs> Big uh, J school guys. And then they went to LSU, who had a whole week off and got hammered. They lost. Set, or 95-74, they were down by 29, and LSU really put it on them. And then Georgia, when Arkansas beat Georgia last week, Arkansas had, had a full week off, and Georgia had played the late game Mississippi State and lost, and they had come to Arkansas, and they played very competitive. And if you look around the league, uh, Auburn had to go to Florida when Florida had a week off, and Florida beat them pretty decisively. So now Arkansas plays the late game 8 o'clock last night at home, better than playing on the road. And they, when they played at LSU, they had an 11 a.m. game. So they probably got home from Columbia that Wednesday night, I'm going to guess, by the time they were getting to their apartments. And I don't know what time these guys go to bed. But they, they probably didn't get to bed till 2 or 3 in the morning, I'm guessing. Hopefully they all got up early to go to their classes, <laughs> and like we did. And then, um, um, then they had to play at LSU at 11. So that's a real quick turnaround. And then played a late game last night, but at home, and now they got to play Mississippi State at one. So Eric talked about unless you're a coach or a player, you don't realize how those, those extra four or five hours can make a difference because I'm guessing they didn't have a shoot-around at LSU with an 11 a.m. game. I don't know if they'll have a shoot-around at Mississippi State. So uh, Sargent so was having to do that twice, play the Wednesday game, late Wednesday game and then early Saturday game. And Eric and I, Bruce Pearl mentioned this too. If you're going to have to go on the road especially, but if you have to play a Saturday game against a team, that's had a, the bye, you know, the SEC should let you play on Tuesday night, not Wednesday, and certainly not a late game. But everything's dictated by TV. And uh, before the season, Tennessee-Arkansas looked like a pretty attractive TV game. Um, and so they put them in, in the prime slot. And South Carolina-Auburn looked like an awesome game. <laughs> and Auburn won by 40. So they got a couple stinkers in the SEC last night. But, um, yeah, and Eric's – he, you know, he talks about he don't want to get fined, so he's not going to be critical. He said no excuses. You know, we we play the schedule or whatever he said. I think he put it that way, but it's not easy. I mean, I, I guarantee he's not happy about having to do that once, let alone twice. And um, I was looking it up last night because I couldn't go to sleep. And uh, I think when a when a team has a midweek game and plays a team on Saturday that didn't have a midweek game, that team that had the buys four and one. Uh, Vanderbilt, I don't know, This is maybe this is the way they should do it. Tennessee and Vandy both had a bye, and then Tennessee won at Vandy. 
But so it's a big advantage to have that bye, especially when you're playing a team that played a late game Wednesday. So, um, and then, you know, it's not going to be easy to, to play at Mississippi State anyway, but with the scheduling, that just makes a tough situation even harder the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. And talking about Mississippi State, obviously they've missed Tolu Smith for a long time. Uh, but, I mean, they've got a lot of weapons on that team. I mean, got Josh Hubbard, Matt, Cameron Matthews, you know, a lot of really good players on that team. Chris Jan's obviously a really good defensive coach as well in his second season at Mississippi State, has them kind of, I would say, probably on the right side of the bubble. I'm not on the committee, so I can't really say. Uh, but can you just talk about this Mississippi State team, what you think their weapons are, and uh, yeah, what to look forward to in this game? Yeah, one thing um, – to get out of the way, Mississippi State's really dominated Arkansas in recent games. In the last 10 games uh, in the series, Mississippi State is 8-2. and two. That is, I don't think most people, even, and I cover the freaking league, and that surprises me. <laughs> you know, Arkansas has got a better record, I think, the last 10 games against Kentucky than Mississippi State. For whatever reason, you know, Mississippi State's had Arkansas's number. They came into Walton Arena last year and knocked off Arkansas when Arkansas was rolling pretty good. Uh you know, Ben Howland, who had a great, great coach at Pitt and UCLA, went some Final Fours at UCLA. Um, he had a good record against Arkansas for whatever reason. So I know there's some different players, but actually Mississippi State's got a lot of experienced players. You, you alluded to Tolu Smith. He missed like the first 12 games, but he's back now, and he's averaging 16-8 and 8-3, so almost a double-double. So he's a really tough guy inside. And uh, they've got uh, – Shaquille Amore, he's a transfer from North Carolina State that's been there like three years. Uh, really good, solid player. They're, they're strong inside. They're very good defensively. I'm looking – they're averaging over eight steals a game, holding opponents to about 40% shooting, 28, 29% on threes. So that'll be interesting to see. I, I assume Eric's uh, you know, mantra will be take it inside, paint points, get to the line. If you're shooting a lot of threes, you're probably coming out of the game. But that kind of kept him in the Tennessee game for a while. It, as bad as it was, it could have gotten worse far as I hadn't hit some threes. But so, yeah, you're looking for a, a veteran team. Uh, they start four seniors. I think out of their top six players, uh, I'm talking about graduate guys, older guys. Arkansas has got some older guys too, but these guys have been at Mississippi State for a while, you know. And so it's going to be, a, you know, they've had the bye. They're five and six in the league. So, like you say, I think they're on the right side of the bubble, but – you know, this isn't something you'd normally say, but losing to Arkansas could really be damaging. I don't know that beating Arkansas at your place is going to, you know, give you a huge boost in the net, but losing to them could be like mm-hmm. an anchor around your <laughs> around your neck. And so uh, they should be very motivated to win this game. Arkansas still has the name, you know. It's a name program. It's a big deal to beat them, even though uh, sometimes you play the program and not the team, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Arkansas is struggling as a team, but it's still a storied program. And, and uh, I think Mississippi State should be very motivated to get back to 500 in the league. This, they say it's not going to be a huge boost if they win, but it could be a potentially very damaging loss in, in when the committee's looking at March, depending on how their season plays out. So they've got a lot of reason to play well. And, you know, Arkansas is not in a good place right now. So that's going to be a very tough game for Arkansas, I believe. Yeah, Mississippi State obviously holding opponents to, I believe, about 67, 67 points a game. You know, anytime you can hold opponents to fewer than 70 points, you know, you you got a good defensive good defensive scheme going on. Obviously, Tolu Smith, one of the more fun guys to watch in the league. You know, a lot of a lot of fun guys to watch on this uh on this Mississippi State team. And then we got Texas A&M as well, a team that Arkansas has beaten. Uh, <laughs> in SEC play, obviously not a lot of those. 
Um, really fun game to watch. That was actually the the first game I had watched after I, I had accepted this job. Uh, couldn't have announced that I was coming yet, but I watched that game and uh, you know had a good time watching it. It was an entertaining basketball game, kind of back and forth. Obviously, Arkansas kind of blew a big lead, but uh, obviously one in the end. Anytime you can watch a buzzer beater, it's fun, but can you just talk about, yeah, the Aggies? Well, I mean, the Aggies, are, they haven't had a dis- as a disappointing year as Arkansas, but they've, they've been disappointed. They were ranked in the top 20 in virtually every poll I saw. Had a lot of players back, you know, Wade Taylor and um, Tyrese Radford and, and uh, it was just, you know, Buzz Williams is a good coach. Finally took me to the NCAA tournament last year. They, they had a lot of COVID issues in the COVID year, missed a lot of games. But a and is kind of a hard team to figure out. They lost at home to LSU to open it, conference play. I believe that was the opener. Then they went to LSU and won. Then they beat Tennessee by 16 last Saturday, handed the Vols their worst loss. Didn't do the Hogs any favors there. You know, uh, Tennessee, all their losses had been pretty tight until that one. Then they go on the road and lose at Vanderbilt. And, you know, any road game's tough, but still, Vanderbilt has been one of the worst teams in the league. And the, uh, the Aggies lost on the last second shot. Um, kind of like they did it, well, not kind of like they did at Arkansas. Like a guy hit a shot falling down. And so they've had some head scratching losses. They've had some really good non conference wins, too. So they're fighting for an NCAA tournament bid. Arkansas's had a lot of trouble winning down at College Station. Eric's never, Eric Musselman has not won down there. I think he's 0 3. They didn't play down there the COVID year because the Aggies, you know, had to cancel the game eventually. But um, that's a tough place to play. Reed Arena, kind of an old. Uh, arena. They don't. Have, I don't think they have any skyboxes, but the students come out, and that's an old Southwest Conference rivalry. So that'll be a real tough game. I mean, that's not a game you expect Arkansas to win. If they do go down to College Station, that would, and win, that'd be a big upset. And I do want to mention at Texas A&M, Missouri Valley transfer from UIC, Jace Carter. I covered the Missouri Valley before I came here. I had to. I had to throw it in there. That's uh, that's the guy that uh, Tremont Mark hit the shot, game-winning shot over. Yes, he did. <laughs> Uh, very fun player to watch. Got to see him a couple of times, obviously covering Evansville last season. Um, but going back to the Tennessee game, as I mentioned earlier, I'd be remiss to you know not give Tennessee its flowers. That's a really good team. I think everybody, if they didn't know that already, found that out yesterday. Um, you know, I think that's a team. If all their you know cards play out in their favor get good matchups in the tournament. I think that's a team with Elite Eight, Final Four potential. Obviously, Tennessee has had a history of kind of falling short a couple of times here and there. But I just wanted to ask you, what do you think about that Tennessee team and how far they can go? Well, they're really good. I mean, that's one thing about Arkansas. They've had a rough season, but they've played a good schedule. I mean, look at the teams they've lost to, especially at home. Auburn ranked, South Carolina ranked, Kentucky ranked, Tennessee ranked, lost in the Bahamas to North Carolina. Uh, beat Duke uh, somehow, but yeah, I think Tennessee's a very complete team. You know, Dalton Connect, I got to admit, I didn't know much about the guy. Transfer from Northern Colorado. The first time he was really on my radar, the day after Arkansas beat Purdue in the exhibition game that now has everybody shaking their heads going, what the hell happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. that, that Sunday on ESPN, Tennessee played an exhibition game at Michigan State, who was top ranked in the top five, and Tennessee beat him. And I'd have to look at the box score, but Connect had a bunch of – he looked really good. And I thought, man, this guy's better than I thought. And then you add him to a returning cast of, you know, um, Josiah Jordan James. He seems like he's been there forever. You know, he's, mm-hmm. and, and, of course, 
uh, Ziegler, Zakai Ziegler, he tore his ACL late last season against Arkansas. He looks really good again. Vescovi's been there forever. He didn't have a particularly good game, but he's a really good player. And then we talked about um, Adu had a big game. They've got good size. They shoot well. They play real good defense. They're older. Uh, they're strong. They really manhandle Arkansas physically. And some of those guys, you know, Connect's a new guy, but they've, they've got a core of guys that have been together for a while, which is very rare these days who've been together. You know, they've got two guys that have been there like four years. That's very rare. And so I, I really like Tennessee's team. I think they could go to a Final Four now. It's A lot of it's about matchups and, you know, not – getting cold on the wrong day or a team you're playing getting hot. But I think Tennessee is as good as anybody. There we go. And that is actually all the time we've got. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. From myself, Anthony Christensen, Bob Holt, Blake Sutton, and the absentee Ethan Westerman. Thank you all for tuning in to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. Shout out Detroit Mercy for getting that first win of the season last night. Only one winless team in men's basketball left. That's Mississippi Valley State. Thank you all hit that again. Thank you all again for tuning in. We'll see you next week.